Hello, my name is uh, Pratik Mukhopadhyay. I'm an entrepreneur and an author. I'll be hosting the Reimagine Sales Systems podcast where I'll be bringing some of the industry thought leaders who will be sharing their go-to-market strategies for their business systems. Hi everyone. I have the pleasure of having Sean Tumblin with me. He is the VP of Business Technology at Markita. Welcome Sean. Thank you. So Sean, if you can share a little bit about your journey in the enterprise world, I see you have spent a lot of time at uh, not just Markita but other companies. That'll be really good for our listeners. Yeah, so I started out uh, you know, in consulting. So I was working at uh, you know, back then it was keen. Uh, I worked for a smaller consultancy and moved into a larger second tier, uh, consulting organization. It's now part of NTT and got exposed to big projects, uh, small projects and, and uh, a lot of, uh, different challenges supporting at the time Y2K work, and then moving into, um, you know, other state, uh, government contract work, which was a good exposure. And, uh, you know, it was great for my career and got to work with some great individuals and then decided to do something different as this dot-com thing uh, kind of came along and, and joined a web development firm and really started to build solutions uh, in the early days, uh, you know, really the early forerunners to what we would call SaaS today or back then we called them application service providers, right? How can I deliver a solution via the internet and whether it was an intranet tool or, uh, you know, for more of a consumer audience, right? How could we leverage technology to deliver that? Had the opportunity to meet uh, some of the founders and, and leadership team of Exact Target, and, and kind of pivoted there, and had the opportunity to join them when they were, you know, still fairly small, you know, 50 employees and less than you know 15 million dollars in revenue, and you know it was a great opportunity to join a company that really went on a great growth story, and had the opportunity for the next five or six years really to spend my career building teams and helping scale the organization by building those teams and moving on to the, the next challenge, and then eventually. Uh, moved into a team called, you know, corporate systems and started to build a back office uh, infrastructure to support that that company as it went from 100 million to, you know, the, where we were at when, you know, as a public company and Salesforce acquired us. So had the opportunity to really grow with the company, help scale and grow. And in that process, learned a lot about myself and about what it meant to scale teams and individuals and what it meant to build the processes and to really know when your processes uh, you know, it's time to, to go to that, that, that next, that next turn and kind of go back and, and revisit what you have and how do you scale it and even get to the point where you start to see that next inflection point for what you need to do come along. And then, you know, Salesforce acquired exact target and it was really a great experience. I got to experience things at a much larger scale. So I went from a, you know, 10 person web development firm to at the time, 17, 18,000 person, uh, company at Salesforce and then really grow with them and, and have some really interesting challenges. Uh, spent some time in an M&A role and then, and then pivoted back into an application leadership role where we were delivering solutions to support events like Dreamforce, uh, you know, replatforming uh, the the website and some other things. And a lot, lot of great experiences, a lot of on Salesforce uh, development experience. And then I had a great opportunity after, you know, almost five years, four and a half years with Salesforce to, to step out and become a CIO and, uh, and really lead a, a technology organization. And it was the first time I'd really joined uh, with Cheetah Digital, really been part of uh, um, the private equity carve out. So it was a, uh, a real first to see the difference um, and really take a company out of a larger company, been through a number of integrations and really bringing companies together. It was the first time really stepping out 
and uh, leading the entire organization and trying to uh, develop, if you will, the, the processes, procedures, and, and really separate from, you know, uh, Experian, which had been had owned that, that business. Uh, learned a lot, a lot of great experiences leading a real global IT organization and the challenges that come along with that. And again, you know, there are parallels to the growth and scale because you really don't have an IT infrastructure. Uh, had a great team there that really did a lot of the work on the IT infrastructure side. So it was really focused on uh, building out the, you know, systems side of things and, and leading that. Uh, we did that up until, you know, the summer and then uh, took some time off and had the opportunity to, uh, with Marketa, to really start again and building from uh, starting over, right? And, and scaling and growing a team. And we, we you know, uh, when I joined Marketa, you know, it was a team of five people on the business technology side. and. We'll finish this year north of 22, 23 people, and really the right. challenge of uh, bringing together and building the process and, and supporting uh, our customers across, you know, client help desk, client engineering, infra engineering, and then the business systems team. It's been a really fun ride. That's that's a quite a journey. Thank you, Sean, for sharing that. Uh, now, talking about uh, uh, your current uh, role and also maybe. Uh, uh, a few leadership roles in the past. Uh, like, how would you advise a practitioner, let's say, who's heading a business systems uh, role for uh, aligning with sales systems, right? Because sales systems are so critical for the revenue of the company. Like, what are some of the uh, ways you see uh, people adopting or leveraging, uh, for example, Salesforce CRM or CPQ uh, to make their sales force more effective? No, you really have to align the tool to the process. So regardless of which, whether it's CPQ, Aptis, you know, which of the, the, the tools that you buy, right? How did that fit and how does that flow with the process and how does that uh, enable them and, and really allow them to be more effective in what they're doing? How do you minimize clicks, right? And, and, and it's really a partnership. You can't, you know, your sales or revenue operations leaders uh, you need to be aligned to them on what they're trying to achieve. And, and then, you know, the, the last thing we really try to do is make sure that um, you've got that partnership. So it's not only you build it, but you engage all the appropriate people in, uh, in you know, your testing, your validation, you know, so you go from requirements all the way through uh, and make sure you got the right checkpoints. And then, you know, fitting the, I, I've always said the, you know, the process, if you can get that right, and then you wrap the tool around what the process does, it just fits in and then anywhere you can uh, facilitate and reduce manual data entry and, and repetitive work, it makes the adoption a lot easier, but it, it you've got to have that partnership between the sales organization, their process, and then uh, picking the right tool to, to really support and facilitate that. Thank you, that, that's really helpful. Uh, now talking about uh, best practices and lessons learned, right? So when someone is thinking of a large transformation project what are some of the best practices that you feel they should think based on the lessons learned from a prior experience? Things uh, that are cross-functional, you know, a lot of stakeholders and are very visible projects. Like how, what would you recommend uh, someone uh, planning that? Yeah, so I think uh, there are a couple of things. One, uh, over-communication, right? If you think you're communicating too much, you're probably not communicating enough in a large transformation effort. Uh, I think having key success factors or, you know, uh, having that group aligned to what the outcomes are and, and measuring the efforts to those outcomes. Um, and I think having a stakeholder, uh, you know, uh, that is, um, 
aligned to you, A, your stakeholders as a group being aligned to the outcomes, but then having a sponsor, sorry, uh, a sponsor, having that sponsor who can, uh, you know, understand what's trying to be achieved and uh, be a support for you uh, beginning to end so that you've got the organizational buy-in, you've got leadership buy-in, and then you've also got that, that sponsor to help drive um, and, and delivery across those things. Uh, transformation efforts fail as often as they succeed because some of those structures aren't in place. And I think getting that key, that organizational alignment at the outset, having that communication plan and engagement plan, and then having that sponsorship uh, are a couple of things I think that, you know, when I think back about the, the transformational work that had gone well and hasn't gone well, those were the things that if uh, had been better you know, uh, on the ones that haven't gone well, if we had those pieces the way we really needed them to be and they weren't, um, they would have gone a lot better. And where they have gone well, we've had those things consistently and it's been a, it made it a lot easier and been a much more successful uh, effort. Thank you. Now, in terms of uh, COVID, uh, I know it was a very interesting year uh, for us in 2020. And as you plan your 2021 and beyond, like what are some of the key priorities that uh, your team is taking up? Some challenges uh, that you couldn't address last year. Uh, can you share a little more insights on that? Yeah. So, you know, we're preparing for the the new normal or the new future or whatever, how, whatever buzzword you want to use, right? And how do we look at uh, a hybrid work organization uh, where we're growing as fast outside of our core offices as we are in? And how do we provide experiences and such that, you know, it's the same whether you're in the room with us or you're online, uh, everything from, you know, delivery of devices to uh, the experience to and securing those experiences to ensure that uh, data transmission, since you know the space that we're in, we, we deal heavily with PII and we wanna make sure that we're doing so in a very secure way and, 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 and providing that really positive experience, but not in a way that, you know, security done wrong can really make it hard for someone to do their job. So how do we bring all those pieces together and make it a positive experience? Uh, you know, how do we evolve our planning processes? You know, we're still a fairly young company and we're still growing. So how do we put um, the leadership within the business tech, business technology organization in a place that they can, uh, you know, set goals uh, and understand what their business partners goals are and achieve the internal team goals along with the, the business goals. So how do we involve that, that, that planning process so that as we go into FY22, we can set the team up for success? Uh, a lot of what we're really focused on the second half this year is scale, right? Scaling the team, scaling the organization, scaling technology so that we can maximize our, our use of it and um, really put ourselves in a place that as the company continues to grow, which we've had tremendous growth, uh, that, that we're, you know, our goal is to be ahead of the company. Um, and, you know, we're, we even as we hire today, right, in, in evaluating our hiring processes to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a place that we're hiring not for what we need for today, but what we're going to need as a company in 18 months so that we can be out ahead of what the company needs us to be from a technology footprint perspective. That's that's a very inter interesting insight. Uh, Sean, a uh, lot of our uh, listeners are early career uh, business analysts, uh, developers. Uh, what would you recommend, like if they have to at some point of time go and be a VP of business systems or uh, head of IT, what are some of the recommendations or lessons you would encourage them to do in their career? Um, 
I think one thing uh, that was I, I found very helpful in my career and it might be for theirs is to experience different companies, experience different uh, roles and experience different uh, stages of a company. Because what a what a large enterprise company feels like is very different than a startup. Uh, you know, I always consider myself lucky to have had the experience at Exact Target and really go with that growth and scale. But uh, I think there's that. I think there's find a mentor, somebody that you know you can use as a sounding board and get feedback on your career journey. Uh, you know, it's something that when uh, I entered the workforce wasn't really a thing. Uh, I was fortunate to have some professors I was able to have conversations with. But um, you know, the having that mentor throughout your early career and ongoing career, because it, it will evolve who you want to lean on. Uh, but building that relationship and starting that and then and really building a network, I think is important because getting that feedback from your peers about what the market's doing and, and where you're going with your career. And I think, uh, you know, taking risks, uh, you know, doing new and different things, learning from them. Um, you know, I'm a big believe I'm personally a, an experiential learner. So that's for me, a, uh, it's how I learn, how I grow by, is by doing, uh, for a, you know, different type of learners, there might be other ways that, you know, you can experience those things without putting yourself, uh, in a place where you're uncomfortable. But I think finding some of those career opportunities that aren't the exact fit, but stretch and grow you are, are a great way to also really develop yourself as an individual and see what you're capable of. That doesn't work for everybody. And I understand that, but that's, uh, you know, if I was looking back at, you know, myself as I was entering the job market uh, after college, uh, that's what I would tell myself. That's a really good insight. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will uh, learn from that. Uh, so with that, I would really like to thank Sean today for his time. Uh, Sean, thanks for sharing uh, so much insights and really appreciate all the uh, journey and the, the lessons that you have shared. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share them. So with that, I would like to wrap up this podcast. Thank you all for tuning into Reimagine Enterprise Sales Systems. To listen to more exciting podcasts, please visit my website, pratikm.com or protikm.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and other channels that you follow so that you'll never miss your show.